Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. Welcome to the show. It's Jay Dillon. We've managed to get Luca back on the podcast. Hello, hello. <laughs> so Luca comes to my office once a month. We have a strategy meeting. And I said to Luca, look, remember that experiment we did when we created a profitable business within 30 days? I think we should talk about it because we always laugh and joke about it. It's got to be talked about. And I've been waiting for this podcast to kick off so we can, well, reflect on it. It was a, a crazy experience, I have to say. Yeah, and now we've hit number one. Luca wants to get it out quickly. <laughs> he couldn't get me on before, no. but now he's number one. I'm, I'm running to his office. But. Yeah, I had to force him for the first one. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this 30-day uh, business set on me and Luca. We we kind of we do a lot of talks together now for the Prince's Trust. Now Luca's an ambassador. I've obviously been a mentor for now five years, so we get asked to do joint talks. And what we normally find is a lot of people come into the program. And within seven or eight months, you go back and they're not really got past that first base. So these are like young people wanting to start a business, wanting to, a lot of them either just come out of school or, you know, university, or maybe uh, a lot of them actually have had a job and then are looking to try and start, you know, go self-employed, right? So, and we've met, well, we've just met hundreds of them now at least. Yeah, hundreds. And I get this even with established you know, people who have got a job, they're now looking to create a business around their passion. So the, the, I think sim- it's the in thing now, creating online business. Yeah. <laughs> Four yeah. hour work week. Exactly. And, you know, it sounds easy, but it can be easy. And we wanted to prove that, that you can start a business. And what we did was we looked at all the strategies, all the experiences we've got, and we thought, let's do this. We went for, I said, look, what figure do we want to get reoccurring monthly? So we looked at the average good wage in the UK, which is about 40K, which is normally it was about three grand a month. So that was our target. Can we get a business, profitable business, that's net profit of three grand a month within 30 days? And, well, you'll find out later if we did it. But, yeah. well, we've got 11, 11 steps to do this, right? Because I'll be honest, Jay, this was... Uh, it was, I look back on it and you can't help but have a laugh about it now, but to think that what we actually did, and we'll get into that in a minute, it's crazy because it doesn't fit any of our backgrounds, it doesn't fit any of our experience really other than it's just business, but it proves that really it doesn't matter what area you go into, business is business and you can make it work. Yeah, we're going to be open. I'm going to tell you all the stuff that I had to do, and it's crazy. <laughs> when Luca left me on day two of the trade show, and I was packing all this stuff in the back <laughs> of my car, but you know, it was all good fun. So, look, we're going to start with the steps because we want to get get through all these while Luca's with us. And uh, well, step one was, you know, if you're if you're starting off and you listen to this and you, you want to kind of replicate it in your own kind of way, is you need to find a problem. That's the first thing. What problem can you serve? a customer or client which will benefit them yeah and by the way all of these you don't have to do it in 30 days you know if you've got a job or whatever and you've got a limited amount of time obviously you could do it over a longer period but 
you know, we managed to squeeze all this in yeah. into such a short time. We put a deadline on, and it proves it can be done. And yeah, it's a neat, it's a bit of a cliche now, isn't it? Oh, you know, you've got to find a problem and solve it. And it seems quite. Uh, it just seems like the same old advice. Yeah. But if you if you look for the problem in the right way it gives you a very good footing because you'll find there's actually a lot of problems that aren't being solved. I think a lot of people, and I myself at the start of when I was an entrepreneur, you just chase the money. But the first thing is you've got to find a problem and then find a solution which people want to buy, right? So what we did was we thought, we went away, didn't we? we I said, look, let's go away after the initial meeting. Let's brainstorm some ideas and let's come back and meet up the following, I think it was following a couple of days, and let's see what problems we're getting. And the way we did that was we just brainstormed and we had our own sort of brainstorming sessions. And I came up with a bit of a problem, uh, which was reviews. I think reviews are one of the biggest things, the reputation in companies now. And I think, Luca, we discussed hotels, didn't we? And we discussed um, pubs, and which would you think? There's that's so many sites. There's, there's obviously... Now, with review sites, you've got TripAdvisor for a lot of hotels and restaurants. You've got Trustpilot now. You've got Google. Um, but after looking at all the industry, we saw that it was a big problem. We knew that you know, whenever I go out you know, to a hotel or a restaurant, first thing I always do is look at the reviews. And yeah. that dictates it. Even if it's on four stars or three and a half stars, I'm, I'm questioning it a little bit. You know, and most people I spoke to were, were doing the same. And uh, now, obviously, I do check it for hotels and restaurants, but I noticed that they'd already got a lot of reviews. Because, they've got Trustpilot, haven't they? Yeah, or TripAdvisor, usually, trip for, advisor, for, those, yeah. you know, for pubs and things like that. And because, you know, if you go out for a meal, especially if it's a good meal, or especially if it was a bad meal, actually, uh, you want to review what you've eaten. Yeah. Going out for a meal is, is usually a pleasurable experience. Usually, you, you look forward to it, and you're a lot more likely to leave a review. Um, but certain industries, yeah, so you're way more we'll, we'll go unlikely. On to, yeah, and ju- just by thinking about our problem, just by you know the world coming together and ideas coming together and the signals you're getting, I happen to be on my school run, and uh, I spoke to one of my friends who's a dentist, and he said to me, just out of coincidence, was, look, Jay, you know, had a really bad Sunday. I said, well, what happened? You know, how'd you do talking to him? And he said, look, I was sitting there having a glass of wine and suddenly get a ping on my phone. Okay. And what it was, someone had left a negative review. And he said, that literally ruined my whole weekend. I think the, the receptionist wasn't very nice or something like that. But then the problem was, I Googled his company and he only had about six reviews. And that one review just, it was just so damaging. And then I started doing some more research and I spoke to Luca about it. So I thought, hold on, dentists are not really focused on reviews. And um, that is something which could open up the niche area that we could, we could potentially get. Yeah, and that's the next point, pick a niche. Uh, but yeah, the, den- the funny thing about the dentist thing is um, as soon as I heard about the dentist niche, I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I started looking into it a little bit more because I thought what, I t- what I've tended to find is that, you know, the USA are usually <laughs> three, four, five years ahead of the UK. Yeah. So I noticed there was a real trend of this reputation kind of business in, in the USA. 
that was really big there. I think it was one of the second most paid uh, or most bought marketing services just behind social media. So I could see that it's really big in the US and actually not only that, it's also probably going to be bigger in the UK now. But I thought, I mean, I want to anticipate this trend because I thought in the UK, we're not seeing that as much. Now, yes. Not only that, yeah, just one more thing. When I asked, I did a bit of research in the US and a lot of dentists we're already using this software and find and getting great results with it. We're all using this kind of mm-hmm. review systems to get more reviews and to, you know, kind of limit the negative ones they get. So I thought, well, if it's working there and the trend started over there, then chances are it's only a matter of time before the UK catch up. Yeah, which is great. So look, step one, we're just going to call it, we found the problem. The problem was dentists didn't really have a solution for their reviews and they were damaging a lot of dentists. So then step two, which falls into step two was, was pick a niche. So we looked at the pubs, we looked at other areas and they already had a bit of a reputation system. So the niche we went was for dentists. And let me tell you something, I didn't have a clue about dentists. All I know is they pull your teeth and they charge a lot of money, but I'm sure they do a great job. And so we looked at that niche because we felt that we want to focus on one thing. Now we could have gone for pubs, t- dentists, doctors, you name it, everybody needs a review. Every business needs a review, a review system. But we thought doctors is where... It's, <laughs> I mean, sorry, dentists is where... have got doctors now. We've got to target them next. But no, dentists is where the reputation, you know, is damaging. Because a lot of them are private, by the way. And going on to doctors, just in a laughing about doctors, doctors are NHS anyway. So whether you leave a bad review or not, they tend to get the funding. <laughs> but private is a bit different. Yeah, and also with the, uh, with the niche, I think it's very important to niche it down. There's a lot of power in the niche going broad and general doesn't tend to work. When you can uh, speak to someone who's in a niche, who's a dentist, and you can, everything is in there, you know, it's a, clearly a dental-focused company. Everything you say is about dental practices. It's about uh, patients rather than just customers, you know. And all of that stuff is a benefit to you in every way when it comes to selling your service and people finding you. And... Uh, but that's the thing, we didn't know anything about dent- dental no. practices at all. So we had to do a little bit of research. We did, but here's the thing. So what most businesses do, look, everybody's, well, you quite easily find a solution to a problem. A lot of businesses do that. Now, what they would do now, they would skip this next step that we, we did. They'd probably go on to now build a website and do this because it sounds good. But no, step three is what we think, what I think is most important is you test the market. You test the audience. So you want to get the feedback from your customers to be, not from your friend down the pub or somebody that really likes you and says, yeah, it's a brilliant idea. They probably won't buy off you anyway, but you need to test your actual customers. And we did that. And Luca came with a great idea, which I thought was amazing, which was? The golden envelopes. Willy Wonka. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we, we basically, we did speak to a few people as well. So Jay obviously had a few contacts who he knew, a dentist and kind of spoke about their problems with it as well but we wanted to actually reach out to people we didn't we didn't really know at all and you know offer them our first little bit of marketing now we know everyone's doing facebook ads they're doing google ads they're doing all this online stuff which and, which does work you know and, and i do a lot of that don't get me wrong but the thing that people when you're trying to get someone's attention sometimes it's it's got to be the most direct thing that the thing that they're not getting as much of anymore so 
while people are focusing all on the online stuff, they're actually neglecting the old-fashioned stuff, picking up a phone, sending a, a letter, um, you know, and all that stuff. So we decided to send some letters out um, in golden envelopes because we knew that when that dentist gets that golden envelope shining away on the desk, they're probably going to be quite intrigued to open it. And uh, that's what happened. They probably think it was a wedding invitation. Yes. But no, you're right. A traditional, sometimes going back in traditional marketing is not a bad thing because everybody's doing the new. And we thought that would work. And it did. I think we sent out about, was it 70 golden envelopes? Yeah, roughly, roughly. And we got, I think it was 20 back with inquiries saying, look, we like your marketing material and by the way the marketing there was a bit of an audit wasn't it just to like we personalised yeah, it yeah some value first some value yeah you know audited their reviews on different sites told them where they could improve and things like that um, yeah it was uh, it took us quite a while to put those together but we just wanted to get that initial feedback yeah and, 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 and all this was off the back of this software we, we, we talked about software that we found the white label yeah. software yeah well so the problem was reviews, right? And, and, and not getting enough reviews, getting a lot of negative reviews, not getting reviews at all. So what we needed to find was a way to solve this problem, to encourage more reviews from the patients and to, if possible, limit the amount of negative reviews that we're getting. So uh, we could have spent, I don't know, six months, a year, two years, and potentially tens of thousands of pounds, maybe a hundred grand, developing some amazing software ourselves from scratch that, <laughs> that, we, that we could go out and, uh, and, and sell. But, okay, we were just doing a, an experiment, but a lot of the time, there's already things out there yeah, that you can yeah, use. Of course. And even if you were to later go and create your own thing, once you've got the profit in the bag, it's much better to try a, a white label version, if 100%, possible. 100%, I've tried that myself. I've literally been to developers and spent nine months developing a job board that was a lot of money, a lot of expense. So I think unless you're a developer and you can do it yourself, nine times out of ten, you've, there's a product already out there which you can use. And we found one, and it was a product which really met the, the solution to the problem of reviews. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we found, uh, so White Label, if you don't understand what White Label is, it's basically a software. Someone else has developed it and you can license it and sell it in your own brand under your own name. Uh, so it kind of saves you there. And it's all done. It's all kind of ready to go. And yeah, we found, we found this US product. We partnered up with these guys and we, we sold it to the UK market. And uh, and that's it, really it, it did, and it didn't take long to find it. You know, you can Google it. We just Googled white label software for reviews and it came up and the software was so simple. But like I said, again, it was a solution to the problem we identified. It wasn't something that was, you know, spectacular. And sometimes people think, oh, I've got this other thing that's so great, but does your customer actually need it? So solve the problem. Did the job. Yeah, did everything we needed it to do. And, uh, and basically what the product, just to kind of give a little bit of context, the product pretty much reminded people, patients, you know, they get a text or an email after, um, I feel like I'm going back into the sales pitch. That's all good. Uh, that reminded that said, hey, you know, thanks for coming in. Would you mind leaving, leaving us a review? Now, they then click on a link and if they click four or five stars, 
it would direct them to Google or Trustpilot or NHS Choices where they could leave that review and it would go online. Now the thing is, if someone's gonna click a one star or a two star or even a three star, a lot of the time it's just a lack of communication. It wasn't necessarily a terrible thing that was done by the practice. It may just have been a misunderstanding. So the idea of the software was if they click two stars, what they do is get uh, directed to an internal form that they could just fill in Tell, tell the practice what, what, what went wrong and then it kind of catches a review before it gets on the web and the practice can call up, resurrect the issue, you yeah. know, sort it out. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you can think of a lot of businesses that could do with that yeah. right now. And a lot of nine times out of 10, the review was receptionist, wasn't very nice or something like that. And we found the software allowed it, you know, you could say, you know, you can help that customer and win them around. And that's what was so powerful. And it worked. So look, we've uh, we've then look we've we've got the product. We've got something which so we tested it. So four was um, we found the product. And the next biggest step is because the experiment we wanted was within thirty days. And Lucas said, look, you can take longer, but we wanted to do it in this kind of tight deadline. Was we wanted to get it out to a bigger audience. Now again, we looked at the old, not the old, it's still current. What methods? that we can use, which is not being used today as often? Well, the thing is, like with any product, in any niche, you're gonna have the audience. And it's a matter of where these audience kind of congregate. Yeah. So if there was some great online forum or great way of targeting dentists, dental practice owners through Facebook or by Google Ads, we probably would have done that. But after looking at everything, we thought the best place was uh, the trade show, the dentistry show, which is the biggest dentistry trade show in the UK, probably one of the biggest in the world. Uh, it's at the NEC in Birmingham. And when we saw that it was on, it was actually starting in about two weeks' time, <laughs> two weeks' time from when we had the conversation. And we decided to go for it. Yeah, and one of the reasons why we thought the show would be great because dentists, because we did some experiment calls, they were only available between 12 and 1. You know, in the lunch hour, yeah. Lunch hour, and half the time they're on the lunch. So it's very hard to get hold of them. So that's another thing you need to look at. When you're, where is your target audience? What's the availability? Because, you know... They're operating, they're, they're, the, they're pulling teeth out or whatever they do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so it's hard to get hold of them. So that trade show would just do everything. So we took, we, you know, we, took the, we, we just, let's just do it, you know, let's just do it. And oh, this was a big commitment though, because yeah. we, so we fully went all, this is number five, Commit, commitment and branding, which I've kind of put in the same one, or number six rather. Um, so we, we had two weeks to sort this out. The biggest, biggest showcase of them all. We were watching the videos before, we were almost a bit intimidated because yeah. you can see Colgate were there, Oral-B were there. Every big dental brand that you'd heard of was there. And we booked it, we committed to it. You know, it cost a little bit to go there. And we had to get everything ready in this, felt, felt like two so days. You, you can imagine Colgate probably spent 12 months planning for this one event, getting the stage show and all that stuff. And we had less than 10 days to get it up and running. So the first thing, look, what, what are you doing branding? The perception, obviously we needed a website. So we got the name, by the way, but the name was... Dental Reputation. So it says yeah. everything. So that was available if we got that. And then... Luke is a bit of a whiz kid on, on, on the IT front, so... <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but... <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, 
we built the website with it. I think it- we set this business up to look like an established business in two days. Yeah. And I think a lot of Jay's knowledge came to that, but it was pretty much, I made the web, we got a logo done, outsourced the logo design, things like that. I made a little simple landing page website and a uh, software called ClickFunnels. Probably took me a couple of hours of two, three hours of just solid, solid yeah. work. Um, we, we then uh, outsourced the design of all the banners and uh, tables and stuff like that for the trade show because we knew we'd have a stand there and uh, then we had to order those and get them printed and hopefully and cross our fingers that they'd be turn printed and time. turn up on time and then we had a few well you can talk through the and then we set we set uh, the emails up so we had autoresponders so when we did have someone come into our you know demonstration we would then send our email straight away so everything was systemized yeah in a way that a normal, well, normal business, a large business would. So we didn't want anything to let us yeah. down. Phone calls. We there's always want to answer the phone. Yeah. Um, well, who'd be used for that phone system? Can you remember? Um, was it, it money was, penny? It might be money penny. Yeah. Money penny. So we got a number, money penny. We got business cards, very nice business cards. So it, payment, oh, Stripe, yeah, Stripe, and a, a system called Chargebee, which is great for recurring billing yeah. and. Uh, and sends out invoices, everything's brilliant. Um, and then, oh, yeah, Amazon TV, I've got Amazon TV. Yeah, so we, even the equipment, we, we had to have these big TVs because the way we wanted to do it was when someone came to our stand, is I'd give them a little demonstration and then we would get their details and hopefully convert the sale, but we wanted to show them how the software worked. So we didn't really want to invest in the big TV unless we needed it, so we went to Amazon Prime. 30 day money day money back and we got a lot of the equipment from there yeah, this which, is probably a start yeah story. proper start but you know Amazon Prime it comes the next day that's a good thing about Amazon so we got that I think that. you literally yeah. ordered it the day before yeah, or something like that yeah, just came before we left my, my neighbour because I was in the office we had a, an important meeting on my recruiting business and we uh, the next door neighbour had to collect the TV because if if they didn't deliver then we would have been out of sync for that one day and then so we've built this great, it's on the outs. If you go on the internet, a website was done. We had everything done. Everything was coming together. But then we had a meeting. We thought, right, okay, it's just going to be me and Luca that was going to do the trade show. And then we, we wanted to say, look, you know, what do these big brands do? You know, they, they go in big teams. So I thought, right, let me leverage my old recruitment company, which is Fast Track. I spoke to um, my old, well, the guy who used to work for me, runs it now. And I said to him, look, can you get me two staff? <laughs> and that was a missing jigsaw. You know, yeah. you don't want to go trade shows and the problem is if you're trying to build perception, you're the only one standing there on, on, on the actual stand and you want to go toilet or whatever, you know, it doesn't look too good when it stands empty. So we need to get this done all the way through. And by the way, you know, we, we hired these staff just for a day, you know, was a couple of days, wasn't well, yeah, it? Yeah, the two, two days. days yeah. Two days. And, and by the way, they were fantastic. Absolutely good. You know, they were great. We, you know, I kind of coached them away on the way, but they were great. You know, made it fun for them, paid for their breakfast, lunch, and they loved it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we just, in, in a sense, we, although we, although we were, you know, we knew it was going to be difficult and whatever, we, we, we had a bit of a laugh, if I'm honest. We, um, we, we kind of didn't take it too seriously. It was, it was funny. It was a, it was a really good two days, and um, we'll get on to kind of what we did at the trade show in a second. Uh, but yeah, it was it was brilliant, and we looked the, we looked the business to be honest. Me and Jay were suited and booted. We, we dressed the parts, and 
Yeah, but there was one more thing we did just before the trade show. Um, this is number eight, which uh, we thought would take us to another level, right? Because we're looking at all these other big brands and we, we thought, you know what, if we're going to compete <laughs> with these other businesses that have been there for years... We took a bold step. <laughs> we've got to do something that nobody else is willing to do. And uh, we thought, well, who's the biggest influencer in... The dental space. Now you may not think you may think, well, an influencer in the dental space. What kind of influence will be there? But funnily enough, at the time, one guy who was a dentist had come out and just blown up online, uh, called the Singing Dentist. How many views did he have on his Ed Sheeran cover? Oh God, I don't know how many millions. He was on TV, Fox News, BBC, ITV. Yeah. So this guy basically sang. He was a dentist, but he, he, he did parodies of uh, popular songs in, with a dental twist, which was really yeah, funny. You, you've got to Google it. You've got to Google it. Singing, singing dentist. So, uh, so, yeah, he's got a dental practice. And we thought, you know what? If we can get this guy on board, no one else, no one else is going to do this. No one else is even... No one else can even think to approach him or even yeah. have the confidence or the boldness to actually seek him out. But we did, and uh... and we did that in several ways. You know, we we sent him a letter, the golden envelope he got. Yeah. He got emails. I rang him about five times to get hold of him. And initially, we thought we didn't get anywhere. But as we go on, we'll tell you what happened. So, so we went with the biggest influencer. So, if you want to establish your name in the market, get involved with the, with the biggest influence in your game. You know, by writing and emailing and just do the normal things. You know. Asked a question. I think I've done that in one of my other episodes. We just asked a question, and as the story goes on, uh, along, you, you realise how it paid off. Yeah, yeah. And um, so anyway, we're there on the day, and um, we're meeting people. Um, we're, 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 we're meeting these dentists, and this is number nine, which is create the interest and generate the leads. This is all part of the sales process. And to be honest, the last, the next few points we can probably all kind of merge into one. Yeah. Because um, it was interesting leads, sales, and then nurture the leads, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jay's Jay's the master salesman. Um, he was in his element on this kind. day. I can't. I've never seen anything like it. He he was persistent. He was dogged. He would never. He would not let a dentist go until they bought everything we had to offer, uh, pretty much. And uh, yeah. So what? How did it go? Well, the funny thing was when we got there, it was uh, we we kind of had this little um, stand, and I did the calculations. I think it was it was a I thought it was a two by two, which is quite small anyway. Got there and it was like a two by one. And I'm not joking. It's probably the size of a big desk. And I got there and I thought, oh my God, what are we going to do now? Because it was a shoebox. It was a shoebox. But you know what? I thought, well, this is it. So we set the stand up, whereas we were all standing outside and then we had the, the stand and the, and the TV screen. And here's the funny thing was, the, the best thing we did, and Luke, as I mentioned, we actually, two days before, we, we read five books on dentistry just about the dentistry business, how it works. So if we got pulled up on questions, we'd have that knowledge. And we took the time to do that. And that, did, that, did, that was helpful. We got there, we set the thing up, and it, the, the funniest thing happened. There was a guy opposite, and he was, um, funny enough, he was from dental recruitment. <laughs> Lovely guy. And I can remember his words to me was, no one's going to buy that. Because, you know, we were selling it. It was, what were we selling it? Was it 60... 
It was 60, 80 a month, wasn't it? 80, 80 and we did some deals on £60 per month, reoccurring revenue. And I can remember him sending that, and I just come back and thought, damn, maybe he's right. But I thought, no, got to be positive. I believe in the product. And I think five, you ought to prove him wrong. Yeah, another thing, yeah, another thing, I wanted to prove him wrong. And at the end, it was funny what happened. But then we, we, just, got, we just got on it. So we, we kind of got a system together where Luca did his magic, and we know how great he is. He'd create the interest, and we had the two gills. They'd bring them over to me, or I'll, st- or I'll stop and walking past. You know, I was shouting out the name because I had name badges and it's for a bit of fun, bit of banter. And yeah, we just demonstrated it. We got the details. And I asked a question. I was like, look, let's sign up now. And I was surprised. I wasn't surprised because, you know, it's a good product. And we, we did 75% of our sales in that day. So we bought on in total, was it 60 clients? And... Uh, I'd say 40 were on the day. Uh, by the way, these were individual clients. Some had eight locations, seven locations. Yeah, people just throwing eight or nine. I think we even got a laser clinic, or I think at one point, yeah, about nine, um, some dental practices. Yeah. yeah, the mixture all over the country, all over the UK, which, which shows as well, some people think you've got to stay really local. Yeah. But we had them dotted everywhere. Exactly, and with the business now, with the new, you know, the, the new form of business out there, we you can do it anywhere. You know, so it's all software. And it was, let me tell you, it was hard. It was two days of constant on the floor selling, but I loved it <laughs> because we're making sales. You know, anything you do, let me tell you something. When you make a sale, it gives you that adrenaline. It gives you that, you know, feeling of good, and, and it kept us going. And it was a great event, and we proved that. If you got a good product, people will buy. People yeah, will buy. And even after that, even after that, we we got this. I think it's an important point. If we didn't, whether we sold them or not, we got their contact information. Yeah. In particular, and this was this was a masterstroke. I don't know who's. I'm, I might just give myself the credit for this, but it may have been you. It was we got their mobile number. Yeah. Right. Now that is invaluable dust. It's, it's the most important number you can get off someone because if you just ring the dental practice or you just ring the office you're going to get through it, the receptionist the gatekeeper yeah but these guys with their mobiles they're probably the only people probably calling them the mobiles are their, fam- their friends and family yeah so they, they always answer and uh and, and by the way how we got the mobile number was we did the demonstration because on on the product what happens is when a patient goes to a practice when they leave, they get a, um, a message which is sent to their mobile. So I was demonstrating to them how it works, but at the same time, we were getting the mobile number as well as giving it. So that was a great thing. And look, and, and we mentioned the influence, and our, our sales did go up after this. So singing dentist, everybody was around this guy, taking selfies, <laughs> taking photographs. And he just happened to walk past, and I was like, doing a demonstration. And he came up to me, and we kind of sort of met and um, I said hi you know how are you doing I said we're the dental reputation guys you know and he goes yeah I know I, I, I was mean to come over to you guys and it was just like a great feeling and people were thinking oh do you know him do you know him so everyone's coming up to us asking do you know this guy I go yeah we, we know him because we'd put that seed we'd sent the letters we'd done the calls and it didn't go unnoticed and Luca as always, we use the, the great trick. Luca did a great trick about his money, lottery tickets going to money, which really went down really well. And uh, yeah, it, it just shows you, you know, 
all the effort we put into trying to get hold of the influencer, even though he didn't respond at that time, when it came to the main event, out of everybody, he came up to us. Which I thought, yeah, that really increased ourselves and our brand, and we got some photographs. Very true. Cool. So we got the influencer, and really from then on, we we totted it down. The revenue after all the clients came in, and we totted all the figures together. We were three thousand one hundred pounds per month profit. That's from our sixty clients, and this is all systemized, all automated, and we achieved the goal. And yeah. the story, you know, we could probably spend 24 hours on this, all the little things that went wrong or went right. But the general gist is what we wanted to prove is, look, you can, you know, you can get a problem, you can get this, get a solution, you can find a market, you can sell it to a market, and you don't even have to build this thing, which most people fall down when they're trying to build something which the audience or your customers don't even really need. Is it solving their problem? And now, I'll be honest, we share this in our talks and when people ask us, can you do it? Well, then here's the evidence and we've got some pictures and if you want to shout me out, we'll probably put them on Facebook and on the blog maybe of how we put our stand up and all that, the funny stuff. And it was funny, you know, it kind of worked. And I don't think there is an excuse for anybody that wants to really start a business. I think it's there for them. I think we do get mixed up in trying to create this perfect business, but you don't need to. Yeah, and also a lot of the things, a lot of things we learned, we learned so much from this as well, yeah, I we would did, say, we did. Even with the, even once we got clients on board, you know, mm. it was keeping them happy. And, and, you know, we had the outsourced customer support, we had an email address, we had a ticketing system, we made uh, little video, little um, sort of how-to videos on the site, yep. on YouTube rather. Uh, there was, I think even built into the software, they had a help and FAQ section, which we could just, you know, the assistant could just link them to and, and that's it, problem solved. So there, there was a lot of work that went into it, you know, in a short space of time, you know, we can yeah. only talk about some of this on the podcast. Like I said, we could take 24 hours doing it, but what we're trying to come across is, look, things can be done. You don't have to beat yourself up about, you know, not being able to do something because the tools are out there. You know, there's ClickFunnels, there's Chargebee, there's loads of things already built for you. So don't try and make this perfect kind of, you know, software. Because every time we, we came up to a problem, we thought, oh, okay, do we need to get a developer? And then out of the, the blue, Luca came up with a solution, oh, there's Chargebee. And a lot of the time that it's free to use over a certain turnover. So look, we create the business, look, Dental is in our industry. It wasn't something which we were going to build and, and you know, make this our a livelihood, or as you say. It was an experiment that went really well, and we wanted a bit of an exit strategy. Now, obviously, I've built and sold businesses, so I know if you build something of value, someone will take notice and you can sell it on to them. And we really wanted our customers to then go to someone who's going to look after them. Look, you know, we'd sold to them face-to-face. I felt like a bit of responsibility. We didn't want the business just to, you know, shut down after because we, we've kind of got bored of it because we were obviously lucrative as magic and his other businesses and I'm, I'm very busy myself and my businesses. So who was that? So do you want to talk about the conversation we had at the trade show? Uh, it depends which one. I mean, we, we had a lot of interest, people at the trade show, from other businesses, you know, yeah. other kind of marketing companies that are around who were, who were having a look, you know, looking at looking over their shoulder, they're seeing the singing dentist, they were seeing us making all the sales and they thought, 
Who are these guys? Two, two, one lady actually tried to hire us. <laughs> pretty much. She said she's called homework for us, but you know. Yeah, uh, and, and we could see that, you know what, there's a lot of these companies could do with this, with this product in their yeah. arsenal, you know, or, or, or it could just have it as a separate company. That's right. And the one particular conversation which, which we had was a lady, she was, she was in the store next to us. They kind of had so much space that we could have fitted 20 of our little stands in there. Um, and she came up to us and she said, look, we really like the product. We'd like to become a partner, which was like mind blowing because they're really big. And after we'd sat down and we'd done the customers, I had a conversation with and, and we went up to see her in London and we said, look, to be honest, what we'd like is we're looking to sell this on. This is our US partner. These are our customers. We'll come to some kind of agreement. <clears throat> so, yeah, and, and, and she made us an offer, which was fine because, you know, it wasn't going to make us life-changing money, but it was a point that we were happy to exchange our clients and she assured us she would look after them and, you know, continue the service. And it's, it's gone really well since then. Can't complain. So, look, we had an exit strategy. Look, if you were building this business, you might want to keep on running it and building it. But we had an exit strategy. Cool. So, look, what we're going to do, we're going to just summarise the tips. I think Luke is going to do the tips again. Obviously, they'll be in the show notes. We may have gone from one to another. They may not all sync. But you get the gist of the idea. Look, you know, you can set a business very quickly, monetise it very easily. Um, but obviously, there's certain steps you've got to follow. So, Luke, let's summarise these tips so people can right, make so notes. And- yeah, number one, find a problem. Number two is pick the niche and, and do a bit of research on it. Number three is test, test and measure. Four, once you've done all that, if it all looks good, find your product. Number five, you want to locate your audience and where they're congregating. Uh, number six, you want to commit and brand your business or commit to and brand your business. Uh, number seven, if you can find an influencer the biggest one in that niche and target them. Number eight, hire staff, build the perception of, of being a, an established company. And this is just for like trade shows and stuff. You're not tiring internally, just yeah. if you're going out yeah. there, yeah? Yeah. Uh, number nine, generate the interest and leads. Number 10 is sales. Number 11 is nurture and customer service. And number 12 is exit strategy. But like Jay says... You may not want an exit strategy yourself. You may want to just build the business. Uh, but for our thirty-day challenge, we, we we wanted an exit strategy at the end of it. But it was it was all really good fun, and yeah. we proved to ourselves and proved to other people that we can we can build something from scratch that makes money. So look, as, as well as the other tools we used, a white label software which Luke has mentioned is something which is already built, and you can put your branding on it. We use ClickFunnels to to build our website which you can do within, I think they've got a 14-day trial if you want to try it. We've got no affiliate links, should do, but we haven't. We use um, Chargebee to set up the billing, which is a reoccurring billing system, and Stripe was to actually charge the credit cards. And we use lots... Amazon 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 for the trade show, and we use Fiverr for logos. Yeah, and at work... Upworks for just managing the customer service, and Moneypenny for our call centre... 
a redirected number. So there's some great tools you can take away and use straight away. Look, you may have an existing business which you can use these tools. And what I, what I do suggest is think out the box. You know, we, we've used two great old techniques of marketing, which was sending out direct mail with golden envelopes. We used um, trade shows, which was great because on the floor we had to sell and we did really well. Look, I hope these tips are really helpful. I hope one or two, you know, you can put in your business. And if you're looking at starting a business, go out there, create that demand before you start spending money and time. And please don't spend nine months building a website when you've got no customers that, or, or the market doesn't demand what you want. And you'll save a lot of time. Thank you for joining me. Luca, it's been a pleasure. As always, pleasure is mine. Yeah, and we want to share this with you. And I'm grateful Luca stayed behind. I know he's got to shoot off now. Great. So if you've got any questions, you can catch me or you can email me at j at businessmentorpodcast.com. My social media channels, Instagram, UK, and so is the Facebook. If you want to reach out and have a chat with Luca or ask him any direct questions, Luca, where can they get hold of you? At Luca G. Galoni on Instagram, probably the best. Yep. Or musically, if you're under the age of 10. Yeah, if you're under 10, Luca's a big influence <laughs> on musically. By the way, Luca, how many views have you got now on musically, which is a growing platform? Uh, oh, I don't know, millions, but my granddad's really loving it at the minute because <laughs> his video's got 2 million views. His, his head's too big to fit through the door, but yeah. that's amazing. The, these things can just, the internet is powerful. So you've heard it now. One of the, if you've not looked at musically, it's a bit of a, a channel for a younger audience. However, a lot of people are on it. He's had 2 million views on it. And what's your name on Musical.ly if they wanted to at, check at you? At Luca Galoni, just one word. And if you think you're too old for it, well, my granddad's 80 and yeah. he's blown up on there. So uh, and no you've excuses. Got, you've got a lot of music, like Vita Aura, and people are going on there now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the next biggest thing. So look, guys, check it out, you know. Uh, make Catch sure the trends, like we caught the reputation trend. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff. Right, take care, have a great day, and uh, I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.